never be ashamed or afraid of sharing your yes. story. When I started speaking, Jamar was the one who pushed me and said, Nas, you need to stop withholding this thing that you yeah. know we went through because people are going to be blessed by it. Yeah. And it's a good thing that I did because I travel the world right now and all I share is my story. What if you could take charge of your publishing and then leverage your book to create financial freedom and leave a legacy? Wouldn't you want to find out just how to do that? Well, that's what this podcast is all about. Hi, I'm Henneke Wodkiss, Porter speaker, coach, author of Podcast Power and the host of the Entrepreneurial You podcast, inviting you to listen to the Entrepreneur Secrets podcast brought to you by C. Ruth Taylor, best-selling in the author and the Caribbean's most trusted voice on entrepreneurship. Tune in for inspiration, information, and innovation to write and win with books. Get ready to dominate entrepreneurship. Greetings, entrepreneurs. Welcome to episode 70 of the Entrepreneur Secrets podcast. I'm your host, C. Ruth Taylor, and this is a program that gives you the roadmap to take charge of your publishing with stories and strategies to dominate entrepreneurship. Coming up in today's show, we are going to be airing another interview from the Caribbean Entrepreneur Summit. This time it is with the Wrights, Ambassador Jamar and Natasia Wright, as they talk to us about their writing journey and most importantly, the mindset for success. This uh, wonderful couple, will be celebrating their anniversary by the time this episode is aired. So I want to say happy anniversary, Ambassadors Jamar and Natasia Wright. Both Jamar and Natasia have powerful stories. And so their story is going to come out as they share. And I know that it will be very transformative. We're looking at a mindset for success because success begins in the head <laughs> you know be transformed by re-educating and resetting rethinking things and in fact on my youtube channel i have what we call transformation thursdays which is all about changing the way you think so that you can change the way you live and the rights dropped a number of nuggets on us as it relates to how we should think about books and success, the importance of storytelling. You're going to hear an extensive introduction about them a little later. Of course, I'm going to share about my latest entrepreneurship venture. But before I get into that, let's have a word from our sponsor, Bamboo Sparks. <music> Your book is the perfect spark to get the fire going in your personal life, career, business, or ministry. Light that book spark today with Bamboo Sparks, a global independent publishing services and publishing education and training business for transformation. Bamboo Sparks will take you from manuscript to market faster than you thought possible and even manage the process for you. Check out their three main offerings, the Self-Publishing Spark, the Rocket Writing Spark, and their Bamboo Sparks done-for-you management deals for authors in the Caribbean and the diaspora. Discover how Bamboo Sparks can help you to publish 
and leverage your book to grow 90 feet tall at bamboosparks.com and that's bamboo with a U. My entrepreneurship ventures. By the time this episode airs, it would have been the day after the Legacy Fest. That's my grandmother's book launch and appreciation service. We are launching the book, The Voice, and it's bringing an entire community together. It is bringing people all over the world together with this event because we're going to have the event in her hometown in St. Mary in Jamaica, and it's also going to be streamed online. I will be journeying from Kingston to St. Mary, and I have some friends who will be joining me. And it's just amazing to see how a story documented can result in, in, in so many different things. And I'm looking forward to this time with family, this time with friends. And uh, I just can't wait to see, you know, how my grandmother responds. And her story, as I've been sharing for months, is about how she went from being homeless as a mother of nine and how she raised her children as a single mother how she became a homeowner and a voice of hope. The audio for The Voice is ready, and we're going to begin the process to publish through Find Away Voices, and therefore it will be on Audible after. But uh, persons can get the audio direct from me if you go to my website, extramileja.com slash Grandma's Legacy Project. You can order the audiobook as well as the print book, and then I will send the audio to you directly. The audio is just an hour and 19 minutes. And so I want to encourage you to get it. The feedback so far is that it has been narrated well. The narrator is Candice Barnes, who is my chief narrator and also the audiobook producer and chief narrator at Bamboo Sparks. And she did my first book, Write and Retire Right. And... Uh, I got feedback and as I said, they said that it was beautifully narrated and it kept them listening to the story to the end. And so next week, I believe I can give you a recap of the Legacy Fest, perhaps even if I get some of the audios edited and things, I can play some of it or let you listen to one of the chapters. Because I want us to get straight into the interview with the rights, I am not going to spend much more time talking about my authorpreneurship ventures. I want us to just get into the interview and I know you're going to be inspired and you're going to learn some things that will help you to rise above trauma, rise above obstacles and soar to new heights as a result of this. I want to encourage you to get their books, Mind Food, Recharge Your Mind, 30 Days to a Renewed Mind, Hope Giver, From Woundedness to Wholeness, and I'm going to put links to them in the show notes. And today I have with me Ambassador Jamar and Natasia Wright. They are from Jamaica. They are UN ambassadors and founders of Mind Food International. Together, this husband and wife team serve as leadership practitioners, radio talk show hosts, 
youth advocates and inspirational speakers. They are the authors of three books. The first book, Mind Food, Recharge Your Mind, was published in 2014. The second, 30 Days to Renewed Mind, was published in 2016. The third, Hope Giver, From Woundedness to Wholeness, will be published soon. Their company, Mindful International, provides the ultimate conference training experience, whether corporate or otherwise, both locally and on the international scene. Mindful International Limited develops, activates, and transforms people to become leaders. Through their work through MindFood, they were both awarded the Governor General's Award for Excellence in Leadership for the Parish of St. Catherine in 2019. The Wrights founded MindFood from sending morning inspirations through emails and after hosting an empowerment forum in 2013 with 80 participants, they went ahead to set up their organization. Today, they've held over 40 different seminars and conferences locally and internationally, attracting corporate entities and leaders from across the world. Their radio show in Jamaica is on News Talk 93FM, and it's called The Hope Dealers. Without further ado, let's welcome His Honor Excellency Jamara Natasia Wright to the summit. Hi. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's so good to have you. And uh, it's the first time we're having a couple on wow, our summit. <laughs> and I know you both have very inspirational stories. So I want you to take us back in time and just tell us a little bit of your story so that our audience will get a better understanding of why you both are hope dealers. Okay, you can go ahead. Uh, okay, I have to go <laughs> first. Okay, no problem. So I was born and raised in an inner city community called Almontown. Um, like I said, poor area. Um, and it was tough growing up there. Um, but you know, you know, when you're young, you don't really know that you're poor. You just know that you don't have certain things like other people, but we never went to bed hungry. So it wasn't like we were in that, that much of a deplorable state, but I can recall just being 10 years old coming home from primary school. I'm in um, the fifth grade and I came home to find my house burned flat to the ground. I believe that was like one of the most traumatic experiences I I had because, you know, to, to see that our home was completely demolished, it was just, it, it was just heart-wrenching for me. But we picked up the pieces, about 10 of us as relatives lived in that big family yard and it was a rough few months. Now, about eight months after that, I came home to worse news. This time, my great-grandmother told me that my father was shot and killed. Now, my father was actually a police officer, and he was killed while in the line of duty. And this was even more gut-wrenching for me because my dad was my hero. He was my, listen, let me tell you something. My father was my everything <laughs> because my mother and I, we didn't get along so well. But my dad, oh my he would bring me Valentine's Day gifts. He would come and visit me. He was just amazing. And um, I suffered from depression. From that very young age, I was suffering from depression because I got up every day looking forward to finding out that I was in a dream. 
I did not want to accept that it was real. But mind you, Kamika, I still did well in school. So although all these things were happening to me inside, you know, I was still progressing in school. And I passed my GSAT to move on to Woolmer's High School for Girls, still going through my emotional issues because of the death of my father. And um, while I was in fifth form, my mother, she had moved on, she got married. While I was in fifth form one Saturday, my mother said she was going to go to the hospital to get nebulized because she was having an asthma attack. And um, she told me to stay with my younger brother because there was no one else at home to take care of him. And that was the last time that I saw my mother alive. So now I'm 16 years old. No dad just lost my mom. I was just lost. The worst part for me was that the Monday morning I had to go and sit my CXC exams. And I didn't want to go. I was told by my relatives I didn't have to go. But there was just something that pushed me because I remember my mother telling me in, the, in her final days that she didn't need me to pass all eight. She just wanted me to pass six. She said, you know, I remember her saying, Sunny, try and even pass six. And I went to school that, that, that morning because my intention was if I couldn't pass eight, I was going to pass six. <laughs> I went to school. It was so hard. I cried through most of my exams, but as grace, I was able to finish them. Now, when exam results came out, I decided I wasn't going to go for no results because I was saying to myself, you feel everything. <laughs> Imagine the stress I was going under, funeral preparation, graduation, all these different things. And my mother died, right? My great coordinator called me because, you know, she said she was so excited. She couldn't wait until I got to school. And she was the one who delivered the news that I ended up with six twos and two ones, meaning I didn't fail not one of those subjects. And nothing would have passed. All of them were ones and twos, you know. So that was just God's grace because I don't know how I was able to do that. One year after my mother died, my grandmother who was taking care of us, she died from cancer. I've gone through a lot of things molestation, growing up in poverty, seeing gang violence, just just seeing things happen that, you know, young people shouldn't be exposed to. And, you know, I like to share my story because people would not know, based on our titles, based on our achievements, people would not know where we're coming from. And so it's good to let people know that my, my, my reality is not as far away from yours as you would think. Well, we've gone through some stuff, but through faith and perseverance, we are able to share our story to just bless other people. Oh, as 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 you're sharing there, you know, tears are, are welling up in my eyes. It's you went through all of this, but look at you today. No wonder you are a hope dealer. And today is about, we're closing this, this summit talking about the mindset for success. And if persons want to understand what it takes to be successful, they need to sit at your feet. And you guys are the right persons to be sharing. And your story is powerful. And I know that your husband's story is also yes. powerful. 
Yeah. So I'm going to invite Ambassador Wright to go ahead, Jamar, to share your story. And I'm, I'm saying, audience, don't cry. <laughs> uh, it's about developing the mindset for success despite yeah. the odds. Go right yeah. ahead, um, Ambassador. Yeah, I, every time I listen to our heard that story so, um, so many times because I, there, I, I guess there is not very much um, speaking engagement that NASA has that I've not been to an opposition, but every time I've heard it, it would give me a new perspective. But to my story, it's different from NAS, but it's also similar in some setting because I grew up in a place called Bagwak, and many people, I know we have international audience online, and so if you are from the Caribbean, in the Caribbean, you have parish in, in America, you call it state. So I grew up in a place called Bagwag, St. Catherine. That's in, that's in the parish of St. Catherine. In America, you call it a state. And so when we, when, when I was born, I was born in Bagwag Magazine. And I was born in a big board house. It was a big wooden board house. It was made out of what they called Bagyas board at the time. And if any of you are familiar with Bagas board, they, they say it's they made that board from the cane debris, the trash of the cane, and they put it together and so they make it. It looks like plywood, but it's yeah. from the cane trash. And so that board, it, it easy to rot. It's very, it's not durable as a plywood. And so when we were born, I was born in this big board house. It was it was kitchen and four blocks. Um, that's how they used to build those houses, and so it was zinc at the top, and so we used to have a thing called cellar. It's it, the floor used to be board floor, and you could actually drop through the floor and have the house and go underneath the house. And so when I was born, I was born in that house. Now remember, I was telling you about the bagyas board. They are not very durable, and so imagine that house was built thirty years before I was born because that house was built by my grandmother and grandfather. And very, very little to no repair was done at that house. And so the house and the, 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 the roofing, it was zinc. And those zinc was rusted. It, it almost was brown. And so we used to have a solitex um, inside the house to cover the, the zinc to prevent the zinc to eat of the sun um, inside the house. And so that the board flooring was deplorable as well. That we have a, um, a veranda, we have outside bathroom, we have outside kitchen. Everything was outside apart from um, the dwelling. And so 11 of us lived in that big board house. Um, that big board house used to divide up into three rooms. One room was from my grandmother and grandfather. One room was from my mother. And the rest of the room was for my, me, my brother, and cousin. We used to live in here. And so we used to cook on fire, we used to bathe outside. And we also used to be on food stamp. We used to be on food stamp. I used to follow my grandmother to the police station to, to collect food stamp. And so we used to cook on wood fire. I my grandmother used to cook on wood fire so much that my grandma developed what you call ketara, something that um yeah, you know you can always move with it's ketara. She developed it from from the smoke, um, from the smoke from the wood because. We did not have gas stove, and very good days like Christmas, we used coal stove, and so those pots would be black, and so we used to be at food stamp, and so every time you get food stamp, that, that money barely could stretch, 
And so they used to call us, the, they used to call that house the chicken coop of Bagua because we were the only house in that particularly that was made of wood. We were the only house in that community that did not have electricity. Yeah, we did not have electricity. And so if we need to watch TV, we'd have to go next door to watch TV because we did not have in, um, any light. And so we were that poor. And so they used to call the house the chicken coop of the lane because the house was deplorable. And they would say nobody in that household would ever amount to anything. And so they used to call my brother and I Rose Lego Beast. They used to interchange the name between Rose Lego Beast and Rose Bad Beast Son. And they would say, you know what? We should put you guys into a jump and roll your way because you serve no purpose on earth. And when, when my grandmother too, she used to call that house a dry weather house because when it rains, mm -hmm. every single thing in that house used to flood. And so we used to have to put every single dish on that mattress because we had a mattress in our room. If that if water touched that mattress, that mattress would steam. And so you have to roll up that mattress whenever it's raining. And so we have to find different side and the bed to sleep because those old time mattresses used to have a spring in it. And sometimes our mattress, it, it have so many wires coming up through there. And so sometimes you sleep and you wake up in the morning and you have a, a long bruise or a across your, your side. And so it was, it was that kind of life. And so I remember we were growing up in this in poverty and, and you know my grandmother used to always speak life into us that if someone needs to break the poverty someone needs to escape because 11 of us currently in this um circumstance this situation and nobody needs to choke and so i remember one day when i was about to do gsat and i it, it reached a point that where i used to only attend school over two times per week. I used to attend school on Monday and I used to attend school on Friday. And so the principal of the school, she said, she said, you know what? I need to, to get in contact with your parents because no one should be coming to school this poorly. And so when I went home, I asked my mother, I said, mommy, why is it that you can't send me to school every single day? And she, this is how my mother answered me. She went into her into her bag and she took out what you call a case. And this was the year 2000. This is 22 years ago. In the year 2000, my mother went into her bag and she showed me her case. My mother was earning two, less than 2,000 Jamaican dollars per week. My mother was earning less than 2,000 Jamaican dollars per week. That's less than about 20 US. And so my mother showed me, my mother used to work at a place called Tola Estate. And what she used to do, she used to pour the fertilizer at the root of the cane when it was cane season. And when it was, when the cane season finished, she used to harvest the banana to get it packaged to go on the tractor for them to export the banana. And so my mother used to get paid every single Thursday at Tola Estate. And so when my mother get paid, she could send us to school on Friday, she could cook Saturday, she could cook Sunday. She barely could send us to school Monday and barely have enough money for us to um to eat at dinner on Monday. And so during Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we could not go to school. So we missed out a lot in school. And they used to call us Rose Lego Bees. And so but I did Jesus. 
I was successful in GSAT and they well, they sent me to St. Mary's College in 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 St. Catherine. That was another struggle for me, but that we can't tell you all the story, but it was it was another struggle for me to go to school. Anyhow, I ended up getting a part-time job and then from there doing CXC and then from there end up um, at the University of Technology. But poverty have, have taught me a lot um, in terms of humility and having a mindset that you can change your life, you can turn around your life and that if you want to be a success, it really starts with your mental capacity. Thank you so much for sharing that. As you shared, um, Ambassador Jamar, well, I, let me say I was taken back because I can relate to your story. My grandmother is nine children after my grandfather left her. We were considered the worst of the lot in St. Mary. So as you are talking, I'm like, well, we didn't get electricity until the year 2000. It's a story that many persons in the Caribbean can relate to, the boardhouse, the poverty, outdoor facilities. But the amazing thing is, despite all of that, both you and your wife, you were able to rise above that. And mm -hmm. now you are leaders. As we talk about the mindset for success, and you have books on that, how does one move from such humble beginnings and from being in such desperate situations to being in a position where you can impact the lives of others to rise above it all. Talk to us about that briefly. Okay. The, the first thing you, you'd have to change is your mindset. And there's a thing that my wife and I would love to say is that your feet will never take you where your mind has never been. Let me say it again. Your feet will never take you where your mind has never been. And listen, even if you change your mind and your circumstance has not yet changed, eventually your circumstance will catch up to your mindset. Solomon said something. He's one of the ancient kings of, of Israel. And I love Solomon. He's, he was so wise and he was so profound. He said something profound. He said, as a man thinketh in his heart, not his chest, because the word heart in, in, in Greek, it simply means your subconscious mind. And in Hebrew, it means the center of reason. He says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So your outer world is a reflection of your inner world let me start slowly your outer world is a reflection of your inner world and so once you start to renew your mind positive basis be transformed by the renewing of your mind and so when you start to renew your mind with the right principle with the right thoughts your life will gradually um, begin to change step by step step by step when i leave bagua i leave bagua to come to um, to come to university with my uncle and aunt. And my aunt introduced a book to me and she said to me that, she said, if you read these books over the years, your life will change. I could not see the logic behind it, but now I can look back after 10 years reading over 500 books. I can see where my life has been changed, but it changed increment by increment. You're not going to see it transformation quantum leap in your life as you change your mind gradually but over a period of time that mind renewal will compound and give you a life but you have to start with your mind nothing changes until your mind changes even if you make new year's resolution 
Your new year will look like last year if your mind does not change. Indeed. Um, awesome. I also want to add that you have to have a reference mm-hmm. point. When I say reference point, I mean, you say that you want to change, you want a reality to change. There needs to be a person or a, 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 a train of thought that you want to emulate yeah. or be like, you know, so for yeah. example, we may be around the sale of our and say, boy, I want to think like that. How do mm-hmm. I get that, you know, how do I get there? Mm-hmm. And then you may find out from talking to them that, listen, I had to remove certain things. I was, I, mm-hmm. my self-esteem was low. I didn't think much of myself. You know, I was shy to talk to people. I would engage people mm-hmm. if we were in a crowd. I didn't know how to yes. communicate. And then you have to start making your notes to yeah. say, okay, this is what I need to work on. It may take me one or two years. You know, I need to be more confident. Yeah. I need to go to more seminars and workshops. But you need a reference point. You need people that you can look to yeah. to say, okay, I want the confidence of a Ruth Taylor. I want, you know, the work ethic of a Jamar Wright. And then you you move towards it. But you have to have a reference point. And that's very important because all of us must have some role model in our life. Somebody we can Mm -hmm. model. We're not going to copy them because Mm -hmm. they don't want to become a cheap copy of a great original book. There are some things in your life that you should model. Another thing that in order for you to change your mindset apart from reading books and being around people who are further than you, sometimes you have to leave your own community. You have to leave your own world because there's a saying that Nasa and I love to say. If you are, you, you can think you are a giant if you are the tallest amongst dwarf. But when you leave your world, you realize, oh my God, I am just a dwarf. You are a giant. So I'm not a giant. I was just tallest amongst dwarf. And so one of the things that when I was in Bagua, people used to say, Bagua is small. And I, 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 I used to dismiss that idea that Bagua was small. The truth is I've never been outside of Bagua. I've never been outside of Bagua. So the supermarket in Bagua, they look big. The old selling supermarket, they look big. Until I move out of Bagua, and I realize that, look here, supermarket in Bagua, you're not big at all. There's only one company in Bagua. I used to believe that people in Bagua who owns a car were rich. And when I when I leave Bagua, I realize that the, the world, the Bagua. Was, was small. And so now I, I, when I go to Bagwak, I'm in argument with people who never leave Bagwak because Bagwak becomes their world. And guess what? Bagwak is small. And so every single thing, every idea of the world look viewed through the lens of Bagwak. And that's dangerous. And so you need to leave your world sometimes to see how other people think so that your mind can be cross-pollinated with, with other ideas and your mind needs to be irrigated so that you can think differently so that you can see differently if you if you are a doctor and you run with all the people who are doctor you are going to think medically and so as a doctor you need a banker in your company as a doctor you need a lawyer as a pastor you need a, a lawyer as well you need somebody who see the world differently from you so so when they when they talk to you and speak to you, your mind can be irrigated. And yes, you need to 
take a step outside of your world sometimes to view the world from the perspective of others so that your mind can change. And sometimes the truth is we have to be able to let go of some of the, the, the thoughts that we have. That is not true because many things that we are told when we are growing up, it is not true. Um, things like the sky is the limit, the sky is not the limit. Um, what you can achieve and where you are from and some of those misconceptions about life and the limitation that people in Bagwak had placed on me. I have to challenge those concepts and realize that those people were never further than Bagwak. They have never crossed the Caribbean Sea. They have never leave Jamaica. And so sometimes your perspective on life was so small and they have transferred those limitations for me and so for you, you have to leave your world, step outside of your world, um, integrate with other people, talk to them and see what they see from your perspective of life. Awesome. I love it. So it starts with the mind, um, yeah. get rid of the limiting beliefs. You need to find what I would call success models. Um, yeah. And that's what um, our guests are, are saying to us and the environment really matters you 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 have to get out of your environment i know everybody watching um you're not christians but you know jesus could do no mighty miracles <laughs> in his hometown he had to leave and sometimes for you to thrive you have to change the environment and that leads me to your book as we switch gears a bit uh, for those who want more information in terms of how do I rise above my situation to achieve success, I want to recommend to you 30 Days to a Renewed Mind, Change Your Mind, Change Your Life by Jamar and Natasha Wright. So you want to go on Amazon and get that. We're going to bring the interview to a close, but we can't let them go without talking about their author journey. They've been in the author business long before me, and it's a year before me. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about that process. How did you go about writing and publishing your books? Because the first one was 2014. The next one was 2016. So talk to us about what you did way back when and what authors and aspiring authors need to bear in mind today. Okay, no problem. Um, we, in all honesty, when it comes to the book writing, uh, this is the this is the genius behind it, and I'm not afraid to say that because you know we're a couple. Every we both have different gifts. And so um, Jamar is the one who will sit and write pages upon pages per day, right? And um, he is so strategic. He plans, let me tell you, for all the aspiring authors out there, if you can't sit and write 10 pages a day, you can write one page per day. But you need to ensure that you're disciplining yourself to start, right? So he will strategize, um, decide on how many pages he's going to write per day. And um, before you know it, once you stick to it, the book will be complete. Yeah. Now, from 2014, we actually um, created Mindful Publishers. But when then we decided <laughs> that, boy, publishing is not for yeah. our core, because we publish yeah. our own books. All our books are self-published. Yeah. We decided, boy, that's not our core. Our yeah. hands are already full with everything else. Yeah. But, you know, it's still registered. It's still out there. And um, the first book, Mindful Recharge Your Mind, is a devotional. I love that book. Even to yeah. this day, I love that book so much. Short stories, encouraging, inspiring. 
um, to start your morning, to kickstart your morning. Um, and that was done in 2014. Again, self-published. We went through the process of getting our ISBN number. We um, uploaded it onto Amazon, Amazon and Kindle yeah. version. We did the very same with 30 days, right? That's it. That's, that's, yeah. that's the baby. <laughs> Love that book so much. And then um, the second one, which is more in-depth, we're talking about all the different mindsets, which is the mm -hmm. first day to a renewed mind. Mm -hmm. If you are a worrisome person, if you are an envious person, if you are the type of person mm -hmm. that you're never content with dealing with all those different mindsets and how you can actually work through that you know to be more faith-based to be more faith-filled and just to have an effective life because we have to really uproot those negative thought patterns if we really are to achieve in life you know we get up every day and we see people and we say oh that person looks so successful you wouldn't understand the overhauling process that it took to get that person where they are uh, you know to feel good about themselves mm -hmm. to speak positively it took a process mm -hmm. and before you even want to have the real you know the material side you have to remember that there's a process to get yeah. there and that's what this book is all about now the third book the one that is actually being published now from woodiness to wholeness is actually uh, my story jamar story is in there as well um, yeah. But you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, my story is in it, but it's a book about transforming your life. Yes, so it's, it's overcoming a, adversity. Yeah, over, I think it's all about 70 chapters. It's a, it's a big book. It's <laughs> a very big book. And the, the, the reference page, it's a lot of reference in mm -hmm. that book. So we have to make sure that we give everybody their credit and we pull source um, information yes. from. But the writing process, I can't tell you how to sell millions of books. I'm not the best person who to market. People. people sometimes say, Jamar, I don't even know your right book because the truth is we don't even promote our own book. But we sell a few books. I don't know how, but we sell a few books. But the writing process, though, it's not a, a sexy process. It's not a yeah. process that you're going to get up in the morning and say, oh my God, I feel yes. someone you will feel to write. But most times, you're right. not going to feel to write. So what I would tell you to do is, is write regardless. Yeah. Write if you have nothing to write. Um, sometimes you want to carry around a, a piece of notes and sometimes the best time I get ideas are in the morning and when I'm washing up the plate, I get this nice and I will just take out WhatsApp and type it and yes. send it to NASA and I say, what is this for? Something to post on social media and say, no. Sometimes I just hold it out. Sometimes I have a one line about I can't find the body for it. But you need to write every day. If you write every day, you have, you have a book with 365 um, pages. But you need to write every day. I, I want to add too, because then you're going to have those writers who are so worried about sharing their story. Mm -hmm. um, you have to decide what you want to censor. You have to decide what you want to withhold. But at the end of the day, you have to ensure that a story is shared. Yeah. And never be ashamed or afraid of sharing yes. your story. When I started speaking, Jamar was the one who pushed me and said, Nas, you need to stop withholding this thing that you yeah. know we went through because people are going to be blessed by it yeah. and it's a good thing that i did because i travel the world right now and all i share is my story yeah you know people want to hear people want to be inspired people want to know that they're not the only one who have gone through or is going yeah. through a particular thing so i think everybody should write the book you need yeah. the right one yeah. 
because somebody is going to be looking for the information that you are sharing or looking for that testimony of how you overcame. The last thing that I want to share on this whole writer's process is that we have this philosophy of writing our book and not just trying to get some sales out of it right now. That's all well and good. Yeah. We are looking at our legacy. Yeah. So when we die, when we pass on to our children, they will be able to read from our book sales. They will be able yeah. to say, you know, because the truth is, you know, a lot of people don't get recognition until they're dead. Yeah. And the truth, <laughs> you get what yeah. I'm saying? And the truth sometimes is that I don't, don't get me, don't become this aunt. If you write a book and we didn't say that, you know, it's a good book and nobody purchased the book. Yeah. Because majority of the time, for example, Barack Obama, his first book on the solar a hundred, yeah. a hundred copy, and his that book never sold many copy until he become the president yes. of America. That was twenty years. Yes. Um, Robert Kiyosaki, when he wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad, he he almost sold a hundred and fifty copy, and couple of years somehow I don't know. He said he don't know. Oh, Oprah Winfrey get a that copy book, of yeah. one of those one hundred and fifty copies of the book, and he went and Oprah um Winfrey show that day. And in one hour, he sold one million copy of that book. So if you write a book, 10 years, that book can blow up. But write the book, write book. it creates a legacy for you. Um, it documents what you are saying. Because if it, when, when you document something, when you write it, it, it is more impactful than even speaking something unless you're going to record it. The Bible is around because somebody has documented those words. And so link root. Um, for her to publish her book. And the last thing that I need to tell you is that you must tell story. A story says what facts tell. The greatest storyteller is Jesus Christ. I always look for a, a teachable moment in every story. If we are at the airport and the flight is delayed, that is a man in charge. That can be a story. There's some principle in it. If we are going and we see a a dog that can be a story. You 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 must know to tweak those stories. The GPS reroutes it. That is a story for man in charge. You can't find story. But let me tell you, people love story. People love story. Stories sell what facts tell. So use story to write your book and write your ideas. Give us a call and we will assist you. You can reach us at www.mindfulinternational.com. You can give us a call at 876-781-8614. Find us on Instagram at Natasha Wright or mindfood underscore zero one and Jamar Wright on Facebook, on LinkedIn. We are everywhere on YouTube. Just Google us yeah. <laughs> and you'll find us. And mindful is actually a, a, it's a leadership HR consultation company. So let me make it clear. It's HR and leadership consultation. And we recently had recruiting to it. So yes. we just do three things. Only three things yeah. we do. We know like, uh, we Yeah, so don't call us a publishing. Call me. So we just so do yes. <laughs> so three things. Leadership and HR and research and food to that. So that's what my food is. Yes. We keep it simple and we go expand it to the region. And so we want to transform yes. 
We want to develop people into leaders mm -hmm. so that they can transform the world around them. Yes. That's our that's our vision. That's it simple. Developing people into leaders so that they can transform the world around. Very simple. Very simple. That's that's our vision for life. Awesome. I want to thank Ambassadors Jamar and Natasha Wright for coming and sharing their awesome story. All right. Awesome. So there you have it. Uh, we could have no better way to, to end this summit. Okay. I trust that you were as inspired by that interview as I was. I am airing this episode at this time because... In interviewing the rights, they were instrumental in helping me to honor my grandmother and to embark on the project that I am doing. So there is a clip from the original interview that is not part of what has been aired. And I treasure that because they really encouraged me, especially Jamar's story. We are from similar backgrounds and my grandmother's struggles and everything, you know, uh, mirrors his story to a large extent. And so I want to say on this, their anniversary <laughs> weekend or the day after, thank you so much, Jamara and Natasha, right? For your encouragement, for rising above odds and showing us how we can do that through the renewing of our mind. I trust you enjoyed your anniversary. It is because of your encouragement why the Legacy Fest happened. So if you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel. I want to get to a thousand subscribers. It is about entrepreneur secrets. And I also do other interviews and book studies so that we can transform the mind to transform lives. So it's an extension of this program. So I want to encourage you to go to see Ruth Taylor's Entrepreneur Secrets YouTube channel and subscribe. Tough for now. Until next time. I'm Tamara Francis, educator and editor. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast with your network. If you'd like to increase your impact and income with books, visit authorpreneursecrets.com for more resources including the books, and It to Win It, and Authorpreneur Secrets. Join the Authorpreneur Secrets Academy membership group for courses, coaching, and community support to write, publish, and win with books. Until next time, go pen it to win it.